right, it's that time again. We are back. We want to welcome you to the Love in the Fight Marriage Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. And it's so cool because we are not only back just this week, we are back new and fresh this year. We have a new year that we're kicking off and we're excited that it's going to be with you guys. Oh, I can't wait. Well, today, this is episode 134. It's called Stop Letting Anxiety Negatively Affect Your Marriage, but it's part two. And so we want to just kind of go back to a scripture that we used for the last episode, part one. And it's one that is so good in the area of anxiety. It comes right out of the Bible in Philippians chapter five, verse six through nine. Here's what it says. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts Mm -hmm. and your minds in Christ Jesus. And like we talked about last time in our prior episode, um, these are some key steps to pray and to be thankful and to ask God to help you. But then it goes on and it really narrows it down. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with Mm, you. That's good. I love that. The God of peace. I want the God of peace with me all the time. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. And it's really important because we just don't live in a world filled with peace, whether it's driving kids back and forth to all the different activities or just trying to make all your deadlines at work, or maybe it's the stress and the tension of, of a relationship, right. the most important one like marriage or whatever it might be. I mean, turning on the news is crazy, crazy stressful, anxiety ridden. It is definitely. And so to have the God of peace, yep. boy, he is amazing. You know, it's funny when you said like turning on the news, honestly, I feel like this last week with just interest rates rising with, they were talking about food and the cost of eggs. There's a lot of things that can really make our heart go, huh? Like just really stumble and like get anxious, worry about things just financially that are all around us, let alone so many other things that are constantly that we struggle with or different things in in life. Yeah. Price of gas, the economy is supposed to drop like a rock in 2023. I mean, and then, then you always hear about these new diseases that are coming our way. Like, what is next? Right. Don't you just kind of wonder? It's like, oh my gosh, we have gone through so much in the last couple of years. And so there's loads of anxiety. Okay, so how do you stop letting anxiety negatively affect your marriage? Well, we're just going to go a little bit nuclear here on anxiety in this episode. But before we do, Don, you had an anxiety-ridden experience. I mean, it was a mind-blowing right, experience. Yeah. A little over a week ago, we had taken some time off for Christmas, and then we were just going to jump right back in, connect with you guys, and and catch up right. on marriage, and really think about how can we strengthen our marriages. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, we had about nine days off from our jobs, which we were looking forward to. We had Christmases and birthday parties, just got to spend a lot of family time together. I got a cold kind of in the middle of that week. I mean, my grandbabies, they all had runny noses, and we are kissing them, and Honestly, we were with about 50, 60 people at one time, just 
at a Christmas gathering and then a birthday party the next day. So there was a lot of just different colds and sicknesses going around. Well, I, I got one of them and for about three days, I had a runny nose, but it didn't keep me down. It honestly it was just a cold. Well, I continued on and by the end of my weekend, we had one day left, one day left of our vacation break. And I remember we went to bed that night and we were planning out our day, just what we wanted to do before we went back to work. And and even that day, we had gone outside for about a two and a yeah. half mile hike through the snow. We did. So yeah. we were active, starting to feel better, you know, kind of catching back up or recouping from that little cold. Yeah. I even went to Target that night before I went to bed with my daughter. We got some good Christmas sales at 90% off. Well, anyways, I went to bed feeling great. And at around 1.10 in the morning, I woke up and I felt something in my chest. So I, I turned over. I thought maybe I was like laying on my arms, you know, when your arms fall asleep. I thought maybe I just need to move and, and adjust my position. Well, it didn't help. Something still felt a little bit off. So I sat up and I could feel this pressure in my chest. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to jump up and I'm going to go to the restroom. And so I went to the restroom and the pressure was getting worse. And it was like in my lower chest and going up, radiating up into my shoulder and down my shoulder into my arm. And I kind of got a little bit worried. Um, and so I just thought, you know what? This isn't getting better. The pain's actually getting worse. I'm going to wake you up. And so at that moment, yeah, that was I, startling. Just, I just came over and I said, hey, Travis, can you pray for me? Um, something doesn't feel right. And I began to explain to you my symptoms and this chest pain that I was having, this pressure, this weight, this, again, just pressure going through my shoulder. And quickly you looked at me and you're like, we got to go to the doctor. We have to go to the doctor. And I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm kind of, my pain tolerance is pretty high. I don't feel like I want to just jump and go to the, you know, jump in the car and go to the doctor. So you gave me um, three baby aspirin. You're like, well, just in case, I did, let's yes, take. Yep. I mean, when Eat you this, yeah, <laughs> drink this. When you think of chest pain, shoulder pain going down your arm, you kind of think of your heart. I wasn't super concerned, but then the pain got incredibly bad. Within ten minutes, my pain went from like a two all the way to a seven, and I looked at you and I'm like, yeah. Maybe we should go. And you're like, well, let me call 911. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me get dressed. We'll just jump in the car. At that point, it was like 120, and we'll go to the emergency and room. And I think you were getting, you know, kind of startled and shocked. I was. And like, what is going on with my body? And I think you thought you might be having a heart attack. Yeah. I had read an article recently, especially about women and heart attacks. And although I'm a runner and I have low cholesterol, the symptoms seemed very real, very like, man, that could be one thing that was happening, especially I didn't really have a cold anymore at that point. Well, on the way to the emergency room, I just, the pain was getting worse. And I remember I started be just kind of quoting some scripture um, and just reminding myself about my faith in God and how I trust him and um, knowing that, man, if this is a heart attack, if this is something that's happening in my life, I want to make sure my heart rate is right with God. And it is. And I, I felt very comfortable. I'm like, man, if something does happen, I am going to go to heaven and meet my creator. I had no doubt. I was sure that if something happened, I would be in heaven. Honestly, I was getting worried because the pain was getting more intense. And then I looked at you and I began to go through all the relationships in my life and look at you and said, Travis, I know we're good. Like, I love you. You know, make sure the kids and the grandkids know that I love them. And I thought about my siblings. I talked about them because I just seen them all at Christmas. I'm like, man, we're all good. And so I knew the relationships in my life were at a very good place. But again, I had this chest pain. Well, I get to the emergency room 
And I, I go in and I tell them my chest pain and they quickly escorted me away. And when they did that, I was like, you know, here I had driven. I was driving really fast. You were, Got you yeah. there. I mean, we blew you were, up most of the red lights. You were yeah. like calm, but also we both had massive anxiety, stress. We were, we were worried. We were like, man, are you really having a heart attack? Yeah. Is this really happening right, right now at 1.15 in the morning? And again, we got into the emergency room and they took you off. They did. And yeah. I'm sitting there kind of freaking out all by myself going, what is happening? I know they quickly hooked me up to an EKG machine and my EKG, for some reason, it came back abnormal. My resting heart rate was like 114. And so the doctor came in and got me, brought me into a room and they hooked me up. They gave me an IV and they brought in this little pill and they said, hey, we want you to take this pill. It was a nitro pill and they had me put it under my tongue, let it dissolve and nothing happened. But the nurses kept looking at that monitor um, again, my EKG was abnormal. They gave me a second nitro pill. Nothing happened. The third one, finally after the third nitro pill, something happened where the pain in my shoulder that was just excruciating that point that was coming from my chest slowly started to get better. At that point, they just really hooked me up to a nitro pump. You know, I began to get that in my body. They gave me a chest x-ray. They gave me a heart uh, ultrasound, but then they gave me a CAT scan. And finally, after the third or fourth big test, be on the three abnormal EKGs, yeah, and something is, came up. This is like six to eight hours yes, later. So was. we're sitting yeah. there and thinking I'm the, having a heart attack. Here's the funny part. Like you were pretty stressed out, lots of anxiety between both of us. And I remember, you know, you went through the whole scripture thing and all the, you know, relatives, friends, we're good, we're good. But then you looked at me and you're like, I'm giving up potato chips. I'm not eating bad anymore. <laughs> I thought and it I know, was my heart. <laughs> I know you were coming off of Christmas right. and we both ate pretty bad over Christmas, but you were thinking you like eat terribly I all the thought time. thought it was my and fault like, that maybe I would did something to my body and I'm like causing my heart to you know, go Yeah, but I'm like, you, n- you never eat potato chips. It's <laughs> rare. Like, come on. I do try to but eat healthy. But then they found out it wasn't they your heart. Did. You want to tell everybody really quick, yep. Don, what it was? Yep. Finally, after a CAT scan, they were able to see that I actually had pneumonia in my left lung. And with that, it was causing pleurisy, which is inflammation of the lining of your lung, which was right next to my heart. So this heart pain this that I was having, this chest pain, was actually real, but it was coming because of my lung, coming, coming because of this infection that I had in my lung. And so at that point, they knew, hey, it's not your heart. You actually have pneumonia. And as I was in the ICU, I'm, again, they had already put me up in the intensive care unit. They looked at me and said, it's your pneumonia that's causing this pain. So they began a heavy, heavy antibiotic. Um, and my body slowly began to heal. I began to cough some of the stuff up because I wasn't even, didn't really feel sick. And the antibiotic work, the anti-inflammatory took away the pain. And honestly, my, my heart was good and I was doing much better. And to this day, I'm doing great. Yeah. And really, so you ended up spending like three, four days in the hospital. And I think the whole point of us telling that story is here we're in the middle of a two-part series on anxiety yeah. and how not to let your anxiety negatively affect your marriage. And then we have this crazy curveball, you it know, where you're getting this yep. pneumonia that's essentially choking your heart. Like the wall of your lungs is just squeezing your heart. And you could tell your heart was struggling to beat. It was 
having a hard time. And the whole point is that we needed to have faith through this we all. Did, yep. We needed to be grounded in God's word and prayer with each other. We prayed like mad. And I just think, you know, anxiety and stress and fear, they're all just a reality of life. They are, and yep. sometimes we wake up and we have anxiety about little things. And sometimes we wake up at 1.15 in the morning and we have anxiety about potentially dying. Yep. So the unknown. I didn't know what was happening to my body at that point. And it easily could have spiraled all to control. My anxiety, my fear could have taken over, but I'm just honestly, I'm just so thankful for my solid faith and that you were there and we were praying. And I know that God was listening to our prayers. But again, in the midst of that stress, you still feel it, that you feel the anxiety. It's real life. And so really kind of going back to the question of how do you not let anxiety negatively affect your marriage and, and your life? I think a big part of what we've experienced, and we just we just really want to share this, that we want to go nuclear on anxiety in this episode. What does that mean? We just want to let off a, a an anxiety bomb, like an anti-bomb that'll get rid of it all. And what would that be? Well, we're going to give you guys the ultimate weapon next to Jesus himself that will completely obliterate your anxiety if you use it. And it was in that scripture that we just read a little bit ago. We'll re-highlight that portion, but what is that nuclear option? If you are struggling with anxiety and it's negatively affecting your marriage, one of the best things you can do is to use the nuclear option of thankfulness. Thankfulness. What is thankfulness? Why does it combat anxiety? Well, here's why. Because thankfulness, if you think about it, is literally the opposite of worry. It's not saying, oh no, the world's going to fall in on me and oh no, I have nothing and oh no, I'm going to like completely fail this test or this, you know, job interview or whatever. Instead, it's focusing on what you already have that is good or what you already have that is going well in your life. Thankfulness is verbally and mentally and sometimes even spiritually identifying all the blessings in your life. It's funny because I can look back at that night when I went into the hospital. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was going through all the different relationships, all the different people, all the things that I was grateful for. And it was helping me with the anxiety so it wouldn't just spiral out of control. Did you guys know that thinking about good things can be an, a form of worship? Worship is one of the deepest forms of contemplative thankfulness. It's a goodness or good things focus. Yeah, which we all need. I mean, that's part of what helps us. And it's not just thankfulness for the good things that are going well in your life or the good things that you have in your life. It's a thankfulness that's connected to God. Yeah, It's yeah. connecting the dots. It's this thing's going well, or I have this good thing that I don't deserve. And thank you, Jesus, for giving right, me that. Yeah. Or thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to get through this one fifteen in the morning thinking I'm going to die experience. Like, thank you, Jesus. Now, there are some other techniques that we want to share with you that will help you deal with anxiety. And really, you and I use this a lot, Don, uh, through that experience the other day, a uh, little over a week ago, but we've used this throughout our life. And what are we talking about? Well, it's asking others for prayer, asking your spouse, your friends, people in your faith community for prayer. And that can help so much in the area of dealing with anxiety. In the book of James in the Bible, here's what it says. It says, confess your faults once 
one to another and pray for each other that you would be healed. So really it's saying, I'm struggling. Will you pray right, for yep, me? Yep. And there's something powerful about that. Why? Because anxiety says, I can take care of it. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to handle it on my own. I'm going to feel the weight of this stress and this burden on my own shoulders. But what James is saying and what prayer is saying is, I don't have to do it on my own. I'm not alone. I don't have to face this deep, dark thing that could be coming at me that could be going wrong right now. Instead, I need your help. And honestly, you guys, when it comes to prayer, that's when the God of peace comes in and overtakes all of your thoughts, when you're praying to God and you're, you're, that's, you're increasing your faith. And in those moments of faith, the anxiety disappears. When we say, Hey, will you pray for me? Guys, that statement is humility and it places oneself under God's mighty hand. But anxiety again says, I'm going to fix this or this bad thing is going to happen to me now if I don't do something. So I'm going to focus on me and my strength to fix it. But instead we need to be praying and saying, you know what? I need you, God, and asking that other person to pray and so that it is divided. Another tool to help you guys battle anxiety and helps us is honestly attending church in person and also seeking out worship events or worship concerts, making sure that you're in person with a body of believers and you're worshiping together. Do that multiple times throughout your, you know, your, the month or whatever, but honestly, even seeking out other times when you're just with other people who believe in Jesus, man, it does something to your faith. Yeah. I think a miracle takes place every week, Don, when we're in church together and we are just singing worship songs to Jesus. And there are hundreds of people around us, literally a miracle, a spiritual miracle is taking place in their hearts and in ours. And I believe it really helps, uh, kind of anchors us to that verse where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest, rest for your souls. And you're doing that with a group of people all around you at the same time. And what happens? He says, I will give you rest. And a big piece of that, I think when you're at church or at some point in your life and you're spiritually serving others, oh, somehow helping yep. others, I think serving others is is really important because it's a way of getting our focus off of ourselves yep. 100% of the time and saying, okay, a good 20, 30, maybe even 50% of my life, I'm going to serve others right, yep. and then listen to their problems and let them confess their faults and pray for them. And instead of hanging anxiety over my own issues or, you know, just kind of carrying all the stress of life on myself and allowing that to negatively impact my marriage. Now I'm going to really carry the burdens of others. Right, yep. And so often in the midst of doing that, when I'm doing that, Don, or when you're doing that, I know we walk away and we're just grateful. Yeah. We're like, whoa, man, we thought we had it rough or wow, I can't imagine what that person is going through. And it's really given us some serious perspective. It has. It definitely, like you said, it takes the focus off of yourself and it really helps look at other people's lives. And man, other people, there's a lot of rough things out there, tough things that people are going through. And if we're able to just spend time with them, serve them, and help pray with them, 
while we're praying for others, we're actually building our own faith. And by building our own faith, we're helping with any anxiety that tries to creep in in our own lives. Yeah, I know, Don, when we talked about a worship experience, we were at a worship conference, uh, I think it was down in Texas a few years back, and it was interesting because we were there and it was a very anxiety-ridden season in our lives. There were some difficult things going on, some heavy weights that we were carrying, decisions that we were going to be having to be making. And I remember the lead singer, the worship pastor that was there as part of this really famous group that travels the world and, and leads worship. He just began to talk about how he has serious anxiety and stress and things that are loading him down. And he got really vulnerable and honest and saying that he had been struggling with it for a long time and it had negatively impacted their marriage, yeah, their lives. Yep. And wow, was that powerful to hear him talk about his vulnerabilities and all that God had brought him through. Yeah, it was amazing to hear how open he was and how much he struggled with anxiety to a point where he almost couldn't sing anymore. But here he's this amazing singer, but it was really inspiring to us to hear his testimony when it came to anxiety. A couple of the things that really help us is just daydreaming about the good things in your life, thinking about them. I mean, that's what that verse that we read just a little while ago talked about. So anxiety, if you think about it, is daydreaming about bad things, about bad things happening right here, right now, and the stress that comes with those bad things happening. So flip that coin, take time to daydream about the good things, you know, whatsoever things are are pure and good and right. And think about those good things happening right now. When combating anxiety, it's really good to verbalize faith-filled thoughts. Just say out loud, God, you've got this. And not only say it, the more you say it, the more you're going to believe in it. And it's just going to continue to build your faith. And if you know that God's got it, what do we have to worry about? What do we have to get anxious about? There is another key. This is huge, you guys. So important. Something that you have to do that we do continually. Honestly, in order to battle anxiety is making sure that your prayer time is just on key and that you're spending time alone with God daily. You know what this does? It helps you to calm your thoughts and your mind and your body, and it helps you to focus on who God is and how great he is. Our God is a big, great God, and he's got a plan and a purpose. And man, he is, we're not alone. He is fighting battles for us. Yeah, I woke up early this morning. This isn't a brag. This is just what happened. I woke up early this morning. You were still sleeping down. It was completely dark in our house. And man, I just stopped and started talking to God. And it's interesting. Sometimes we wake up with a little bit of anxiousness or, you know, for the day, is this day going to go well? Or, or did I make a right decision yesterday? Could I have treated that person better? And I I just began to pray and pray, and and then I opened my Bible and I read a chapter out of the Gospels and just listening to what Jesus was teaching others. And and that is another big piece when it comes to anxiety is really anchoring your soul, your thoughts in the Bible itself. I mean, because the Bible it talks so much about peace and where to find it. Remember the God of peace, right? So just reading the Bible itself, especially out loud, will bring you peace. Mm -hmm. I think the last thing that's just so important is this deep community. 
God did not create us to do life alone. He created us to be with each other. Deep community isn't just something you do. It's something that you feel. It's an anxiety safety net. You guys, it's not me all alone. It's being fully accepted for who you are and never having to try and fit in. When you have others around you who love you are at the same level, you're going to feel safe and you'll have much less overall anxiety in life. Get connected. Make sure that you have that group of people that you are open and honest with that will pray with you, that you'll pray with them and make sure that it's a deep connection where they really know you. Yeah, again, if you're dealing with anxiety and it's negatively affecting your marriage, man, go nuclear on it. Use thankfulness. Speak those things out loud. Get into the Bible. Make sure you're praying. Be in a, a faith community where you're surrounded. Ask others to pray for you and daydream about those good things. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are, are holy, right, just, you know, exactly what it says. Make sure that you are being disciplined in in those areas. And you know what? It's going to make all the difference in the world as you go to church in person, as you worship and you find time for those worship experiences. Wow, God's going to help you. And anxiety won't have pull on you anymore. The God of peace will comfort you. Hey guys, we just want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.